Where are you cowboys and cowgirls at? Hey everybody, this is Dan Hillenbrand and welcome to Modern Cowboy, the podcast for the cowboy lifestyles and businesses around the world. I'm glad you're here, so sit back in your saddle and prepare to be inspired, motivated, educated, and entertained as I interview a new guest each week that embodies the modern cowboy. Hey, hello everybody and welcome to the Modern Cowboy Podcast today. Um, I have a guest on today that, uh, and I've talked about this in the past, about about being starstruck. My wife always teases me about this. And uh, so whenever I get somebody on that, uh, you know, I, I just look at as being like, you know, how could I ever even talk to this person kind of deal? That's, that's kind of how I feel about this guest today. And, and I'm just so thankful that he, he agreed to come on the show. But I've got the, a Shorty Gorham on the on the uh, podcast today, and uh, we're just gonna we're just gonna get right into it. So I just, Shorty, just want to welcome you to the podcast, and um, thanks for thanks for joining me today. Oh shoot, I appreciate it, man. I appreciate the time and uh, enjoy enjoy being here with you. So very cool. Well, there's uh, there's so many things that you know I I just know about you from watching you over the years, you know, in your career and what you do, and then uh, with social media, uh, so many things that. You know, we both kind of have passions for, except, I mean, my passion for getting in the arena with, uh, you know, bulls <laughs> and, uh, that is probably a lot smaller than yours, although I love watching it. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to try to, I'm going to try to keep all my wits about me and I'm probably just need to settle in and relax a little bit when I'm talking to you. I'm, I'm kind of got that, uh, feeling like I'm getting ready to ride a bull for some reason. I don't know, but, um, <laughs> it's you know, all good. yeah, you know, uh, I know that, uh, couple things that I know that we're passionate about and millions of other people are too is, is, uh, you know, one is, uh, this great country we live in, um, our, our military, uh, and, um, the, uh, uh the other thing is hunting and con- uh, conservation and preservation of, you know, our, our wildlife and our, um, you know, our, our hunting, our hunting grounds around, around this great country. Um, and then also rodeo and cowboy stuff. Uh, and, uh, there's just so many things you got going. I feel like, I feel like this could be a Joe Rogan podcast could go on for like three hours, but, um, <laughs> perfect. Yeah. I, I won't, I won't try to keep you that long, but let's, let's just start out, you know, uh, with, with, with you shorty, give us a, you know, history, however brief you want or however detailed, you know, just, you know, how you got started and, and, uh, in, you know, the line of work you're in and, and, uh, what, what's led you up to where you're at right now in your life? Man, I, you know, I, I was, uh, I was born down in a town, uh, Southern California, um, El Centro. It's a, it's a border town there in California, Imperial Valley, one of the hottest places on earth. Uh, if you don't have to go there, I'd recommend you don't, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> anyways, uh, Growing up, you know, um, my my mom worked at a feed store. My dad was a brand inspector. Uh, well, first he was a, a veterinary pharmaceutical rep and, and then a brand inspector. So, you know, all our lives, uh, my brothers and I and, and stuff, we were we were always around horses and cattle and did the 4-H and, and whatnot, you know, when we were kids. But uh, I guess what kind of led to me getting in this, this business was, um, you know, we bounced around feedlot to feedlot, uh, inspecting, uh, brand inspecting, you know, with my dad and, and, uh, selling medicine and stuff and got to be good friends with a lot of guys at the feedlots and, and me and a, a guy by the name of Wes Birch, uh, uh, 
who now lives in Yuma, Arizona. But uh, we we hit it off. He was quite a bit older than me, and um, but I was I was five six years old and followed him around like you know like he was my well he was he was my idol you know and and uh, big brother to me and whatnot and so uh, anyhow one day uh, well I I would go on the weekends every weekend I'd go over there and work with them you know he he and his dad dad was the manager of a feedlot close by us and. So uh, we we were pretty good buddies, but then uh, we were at the California Midwinter Fair in, in Imperial California, and uh, and he broke the news to me that he was he was leaving California, moving to Texas to become a bullfighter. And you know, being uh, like I said, I don't know, I was five or six years old, somewhere around there, and and uh, uh, man, I was devastated. I was I wanted to I wanted to go with him, uh, and uh, Anyhow, I made up my mind right then I was going to be a bullfighter, and and from then on, I mean that was that was it, you know. And all my classes in elementary school, from first time we had to write stories and draw pictures and do all that stuff, it was it was bullfighter. I, you know, teachers would ask what I was going to be for when I grew up, and I was going to be a bullfighter, and that was just that was just the way it was. And uh, so anyhow, later on. Um, uh, my mom and dad ended up getting divorced and I didn't want to live in that damn valley if I didn't have to. And, and I had, uh, I had worked a couple summers up in San Juan Capistrano, um, helping them guys on a ranch, uh, Rancho Mission Viejo, which rodeo just, uh, just got, just got over with this weekend, richest two day rodeo, uh, in the country, uh, 30, 30 guys and, uh, in the world. And, and uh pay a lot of money out there it's a hell of a rodeo if you ever get a chance to go see it but anyways i went to went to work up there on that ranch for a few summers and and uh called gilbert gary that that's uh the vice president there and and uh asked him if i could enroll in school up there and and move in and he he uh i didn't tell my mom or anything but he said uh when do you think you can be here i said well i, I gotta ask mom first and and See, see when we can go, and uh, it was, I don't know. A few weeks later, I was I was moving up there, and, and which really I think was a, a a blessing because I got to work out on a big ranch, you know, each and every day. I'd go to school, come back, and go play cowboy all day, and I think that's where that's where I really learned a lot of how to how to read animals, you know. And it was everything you did had something to do with cattle or horses or whatnot. And I think that's a to me, you know, you can be you can be brave, you can be tough, you can you can be a lot of things. But um, I think one of the most important attributes to to being um, to being a good bullfighter is is reading the animal and where that animal wants to go naturally, and and then figure out how you can manipulate that animal to go where you want him to go instead of where he wants to go, and and make him think it's. Uh, it's his idea, you know, so, um, but anyhow, yeah, worked up there for a while and, and, uh, high school rodeo, youth rodeo, did all that stuff. Um, uh, kind of got sidetracked and got really into the calf roping world. And, um, like that, I still like it. It's still one of my favorite, favorite events, but, uh, uh, so, um, I was actually, I'd go to the high school rodeos and, and uh 
you know, I was living on my own. Of course, I had support, but I'm too too hard headed to ask for money. So, um, <laughs> I would fight bulls to pay for my entry fees at the high school rodeos. And uh, anyways, it uh, it it came to the point where I thought I was gonna try to go rope calves for a living, and and uh, phone rang, and it was uh, a friend of mine that uh, I met at the high school national finals. Her uh, her boyfriend uh, just happened to be little Dan Russell, and and their bullfighter had quit, and they knew I had got my card, and and uh, they needed a bullfighter, and so went from fighting bulls in high school right to uh, right to at that time he was the the stoutest bull stock contractor in the world, in my opinion, and and got to go kick it off with him, and and uh, took a lot of butt chewings, but I learned a lot from that man, so. <laughs> That, that's really how, how I kind of got into it. It was, it was, uh, it was all a dream, you know? Yeah. Well, it's funny, you know, there's several things that, that you said there that, you know, that really got me is one like calf roping, you know, I, I didn't know that about you and I, I love calf roping, which they call tie down roping now, but, um, you know, it's, it's just one of the coolest, uh, events in rodeo, I think. So I think that's very cool. Um, and, and talking about the bullfighting and about reading animals, I mean, uh, that's something I think that like, you know, you and, 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 and the guys you, you, you know, you work with, you, you make it look so easy and, and you, I mean, you're like commentating on an event and I mean, giving detailed commentary on it while you're like fighting these bulls. Some of the things that, that you're doing out there, just, you make it look like, like, you know, a walk in the park, but it's got to be uh, just uh, a tremendous amount of skill and uh, practice, you know, I mean, it's crazy. Yeah, it you know it is. It's a it's a lot of practice. I don't practice anymore. Um, you know, to me, we we go go through enough bulls in a year that you stay pretty tuned up just by going on the weekends. But but it was a lot of practice. But um, as far as the talking goes out there, man, when I first started uh, with Dan Russell, I uh, it wasn't very long. Yeah, and I got to work a couple rodeos with Joe Baumgartner and and uh, Joe. He was at that time he was he was the king you know he was the king of the mountain and we got along really good and we worked together really good of course uh i believe it was 1989 um guy that was kind of mentoring me at the time don freeoff who uh worked a long time for flying you rodeo company cotton roster and uh he don told me uh, i followed don around every, everywhere i shattered him and i guess that's kind of part of the story too is we had a neighbor, uh, a neighbor, Susie Mills. She was, uh, she was a rodeo secretary. And so, um, uh, after my buddy West moved to Texas, I started, I started jumping in with Susie and going every chance I could to, to rodeos with her and hanging out with the bullfighters and, and got to be good buddies with Don Freeoff. But Don told me before anyone ever even knew really who, who Joe Baumgartner was, he said, uh, that if you want to be the best in the world, he said, there's a guy by the name of Joe Baumgartner. He said, start studying him. And uh, sure enough, in another year or two, Joe was, Joe was, he was the man. And, and, uh, but anyways, Joe, when I started work with him, man, Joe would have a full on conversation with you out there. And it was, <laughs> it was so cool because it was, you know, it was, it was all conversation that pertained to what was going on right there, but it just seemed so calming. Like, you never got in a panic, you know, you knew what he was thinking. Uh, if he seen something, he was talking to you and vice versa. And, and 
it was pretty fun having the conversations that we had out there in the middle of the arena while you were working. And so I kind of grew up doing that. And I, I thought it helped me and, and helped us work better together because, you know, he would tell you what he wanted you to do or, or, or what you needed to do or what he was seeing, you know, and, and, uh, gave you a really good, really good idea of uh, what was going on. Because a lot of times when you're in tight, uh, you always try to save that, you know, peripheral vision. You don't ever want to get tunnel vision, but when you get kind of down in the mix of things, there's some things that you can't see. And having that guy, you know, if you're the one in there and, and you got Joe Bumgarner of all people standing, you know, standing next to you and, and talking to you in a, just a normal, calm voice, shoot, it was made you feel a lot better about things. So. Yeah. Well, you know, it, it's, it's, uh, it's interesting. You know, I can't. I can't even remember when you started. Uh, you know, commentating uh, in um, uh, the PBR, but uh, it, it seems like now you've just been doing it forever to me. But um, I, I just remember back in the day. Uh, you know that. You know, I don't think anybody was doing that. I mean, mic'd up anyway. I, I mean, were you the first? Well, they they would they would mic them up. Uh, Rob Smith actually was kind of the first one to start doing it. But what they would do would would um, they would just, uh, you know, before every before every um, performance, we have a we have a production meeting, TV production meeting, and and we go in there and sit in there, and they kind of give us basically a timeline to keep everybody, you know, when you're going in and out of commercials and all this stuff. So um, it doesn't pertain too much to me. It's more for Craig and and stuff to keep the show on on the tracks. But mm-hmm. um, but what they would do back then was just. You know, they would tell Rob or whatever. Uh, Rob did it first, and then Bumgarner did it after Rob. But it was just, <clears throat> we're going to come to you on this bull, and we want you to give us your prediction. And so they wouldn't even wear the earpiece ear or anything like that the whole show, and um, and until it was that bull, and then they would put it in, do their quick little piece, and then they were done. And and uh, Joe had gotten hurt. And so they had asked me to do it. I don't remember what year it was. It was 07 or something like that. And uh, um, so I did it. And when Joe came back, I, I, they gave me the mic. I said, no, give it to Joe. Uh, and, he, and Joe said, no, Shorty, you take it. I can't quit cussing on that thing. So you might as well have it. So that was the start of it. And, uh, and, then, and then one day we were uh, – we were doing a broadcast and back then they used to have three guys in the booth and it was, it was, it was just a lot of, a lot of stuff going on. And, and they, they changed things up and they, they went to two men in the booth. And, and, uh, so I did my, um, I did my deal, you know, when they told me to, and then, and then I left it in there and I fought a couple of bulls and I was actually listening to those guys. And afterwards, uh, or the next day in our production meeting, I, I told them how good I thought it sounded with just two guys in there. Cause I could follow along so much better. And it wasn't just a bunch of jibber jabbing up there. And, and, uh, Ty Murray, he said, you mean you're listening to us out there? I said, well, I, I was, he said, so I, at any time I could come to you and, and ask you something or get your opinion or I, I said, yeah, I guess. <laughs> and, uh, so that's kind of how it all started. And after that, I started keeping that earpiece in the whole time. And, uh, it took it took some getting used to because you had two you know two different conversations going on you had those guys and then you were trying to be out there and, and uh 
be paying attention to Jesse and Frank and and uh, stuff. So it was uh, it took a little getting used to, but but not too bad. It, it was more of an equilibrium thing because you got two, you got in arena noise on in one ear, and you got those guys in your other ear. It was a little weird, but well, I, I think it I think it just adds so much to it you know to to the event and to to the sport you know and um and now i mean you're you're just a celebrity in it you know and i I see that you're you know you're in the box after the after the uh you know bull riding's over you know and, and adding commentary and stuff uh in i may be jumping ahead a little bit but uh, do you see yourself you know as uh, as a you know when you're when you're not fighting bulls anymore outside of the arena as a commentator uh in the pbr or anything else or I don't know, you know, it's uh, it's not something that that um I wouldn't if they asked me I wouldn't say no, but uh but at the same time I think what I think what makes my deal work is that that um and 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 again we have meetings like during the week. We have uh we have uh on Wednesday everybody calls in and, and uh has a conference call about the next week and, and last week and the next week and I don't ever call on that deal. And, uh, the first few times I didn't call, uh, they kind of asked me why I wasn't on, on the deal. And, and, uh, I told our director, I said, I said, I don't want to get caught up in a storyline, you know, like I don't want to talk about who I want to talk about what's hot in that arena right now. What, what I feel in there, what, what the mood's like, what the atmosphere is like and give people a, uh, a feel for that instead of what you guys are talking about. And, uh, he, he said, you know what? He said, that's, that's a smart move. I like that idea. Let's go with that. And so, um, so I think the reason it works is because, um, because I'm actually giving you the feel for what's going on with my feet on the ground. And, uh, I don't know, you know, I don't, um, uh, yeah, it, uh, I think those guys do such a great job. I don't know why the heck they need me up there. So, uh, <laughs> I, I doubt it, but if they asked me to, I would, I would definitely give it a shot and see how it went. Yeah. That, that's just so cool. So now, I mean, how many, how many, uh, um, bull ridings are you, are you working a year now? Um, I try to go to, to every one of the, the monster energy, events um as long as i'm healthy and then um i go to a couple of challenger events or velocity events uh during the off season but you know used to go i used to go every darn weekend i wasn't hardly ever home and older i got the more i figured out that by september october i was grouchy and so (laughs) i just take the summer pretty well off but i'll do you know probably Oh, in the range of 30, 32 events a year, somewhere in, in that ballpark. Man. Now I know that, you know, you got, you work with Frank and Jesse and then, um, uh, Cody, uh, how many other backups do you guys have when you're, when you're, you know, on tour and stuff? Well, there's a, so like at the end of the year, um, uh, they'll actually, the, the bull riders will vote for us to go to the final. Mm-hmm. And then if you're in the top three, you get to go to, to the event the next year. And then if you're the fourth, you're the first alternate. And they keep a list on down. You know, I don't know how far the list goes down, but uh, there's an order. And it's all based on how many, how many votes you got the prior year. So, um, 
luckily we haven't had to go get too far down that list. Um, but, uh, there's, there's, I think if we did, if we did get down there, uh, you know, even four or five guys down the list, there's, there's enough good, um, young guys coming up right now. The, the bullfighting world's pretty bright right now. And there's a lot of good, good young athletes there that could just step right in and take our place. And I don't think anybody would know the difference. It's pretty impressive to see these guys at a young age that are doing the jobs that they're doing. Yeah. You know, in, in, in bringing that up, it seems like, I mean, they used to have the, you know, the Wrangler uh, bullfighting. Um, it's just seemed mm-hmm. like it was, you know, uh, it was just more prevalent, you know, back in the day. And I, I can't remember the exact years, you know, but you know, now your deal now that you've got the Shorty Gorham's uh, American freestyle bullfighting, uh, this mm-hmm. is, this is what you founded, correct? Yeah. Yeah. In, yeah. And how long, how long has that well, been around now? Oh, just a little over a year. Just a little over a year. It was actually, actually kind of happened more by accident than anything, but, uh, we, we started buying some fighting bulls and, and, uh, putting on events and, and, uh, we were putting on events and everybody said, well, what do you call it? You know, and we, oh, well, it was just freestyle bullfighting. Well, well, do you have a tour or anything? And we, I got thinking about it. I thought, well, I don't see why we don't. So, uh, <laughs> we, we started having tour and it's, they've been going really well, man. They've been, uh, uh, been, it's been, the phone's been ringing. So I'm pretty, pretty pleased. We've been, we've been about as busy as we can handle and And, uh, next year is going to be even busier. So pretty, pretty pleased. Cause I know that, uh, I know them, them pleats aren't going to fit forever. So right. got to start doing something else. Right. Well, you know, and, and that's what's so great about it, too, is, is you just see it as, you know, sports evolve everything. And you look at any type of, you know, action sport from skateboarding to, you know, uh, motocross to, to whatever it may be, um, you know, and you look mm-hmm. at bullfighting now and, and you just see the, I mean, crazy athleticism and, you know, skill and just techniques and everything is just evolved. And, and it's just great to see it's It's like with the PBR. And I mean, you know, I know you're well aware of this, but I mean, how the PBR is just you know, blown up and become a major, major force in the, uh, you know, sports industry and, and, uh, entertainment industry, you know, I, it's just, I just think it's great, you know, so, um, yeah. And I, I think there's, these kids are going to take it to, to a, a crazy level here in the, in the near future. I think just, you know, you think about when I was growing up or, or even before my time, you know, you didn't have, barely even had the internet when I was growing up, you know, and, and right. took 15 minutes to download a picture, you know, and, right. and whatnot. And these kids now can get on the phone. They're, you know, they're recording their fight on their phone and they're going and watching it back and they're watching YouTube and Facebook and, and Instagram. They're watching all these videos all the time and seeing what guys are doing. And then too, they're, they're, um, they're also looking at other athletes and how they're working out and, and the different things they're doing and the agility that they have and, and whatnot. And they're, they're starting to combine the two. And I think, uh, you know, I was with, uh, Miles Heron, Rob Smith, and, uh, Don Yates over the weekend and, uh, up at the docks extreme rodeo. And we were talking about it and I said, man, I, you know, hate big guys, but these guys are way better athletes than we ever were, you know? And, and uh, I, I think it's true, and I think they're going to get better and better. And I think as they get more athletic and, and they're studying these bulls and, and uh, 
studying the other guys and this and that. I think they're just going to keep pushing the envelope, and I, it, it's going to be pretty impressive watching. It already is, but I think yeah. it's going it, it's to be impressive when they start pulling out some of these stunts that the guys are doing in other sports. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and it's 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 that same old deal. It's like, well, how can it get any more crazy than than this? And then all of a sudden, somebody right. has, you know does it again. It's it's uh, it's great, and it's just it's awesome to watch, and it's just uh, it's great to see that you know the cowboy and the Western world and everything is is getting more uh, you know more notoriety, and athletes are being paid better, and uh, just it's just, mm-hmm. all, it's just all around a great deal. Great deal. Yeah. Now I know that um, you know I, I I lived in California most of my life. Matter of fact, I, I had a ranch right close to the Flying U, and uh, you know I knew Julio and and hung out up, up there a little bit, roped with them, and and uh, mm-hmm. um, Jeff Shear and and you know Charlie Too Tall. But uh, and I I I taught hunter education for a while over there. Just volunteered for about five years, and I know that you're uh, you know into hunting and stuff, and and you're aware of the uh, you know, the cat problem that they've, that they have over there. Just, uh, did you, you, did you start yeah. at a young age too, or. You, you know, um, more, uh, I was where I grew up, it was all, it was bird hunting. That was right. all there was down there, um, in, in El Centro. And then, um, when I moved to San Juan Capistrano, um, we had, we had a terrible, terrible, um, coyote problem and uh they they actually never allowed hunting on that ranch for years and years the owners didn't allow hunting and and the uh the coyotes just got super super thick and they started wiping out our calves real bad and so uh i had to remedy that issue and and just kind of got into it and and not not for not for any other reason than than kind of thick our livelihood you know and and the livestock and and then that really kind of just grew on me and i'm i've never really been never really been much of a deer hunter or elk hunter or or anything like that i just i'm i'm more into the predator side of things and and now if it's not hunting either bobcats or mountain lions i don't even care to go and (laughs) you know it's um it's uh and it's not even not even about the 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 kill or anything other than it's about my dogs you know i raise my own dogs and and train my own dogs and it's kind of uh oh you know somebody that's training horses or something or raising horses it's same thing for them when that when that horse just clicks and really starts working good you know whether it's a rope horse or barrel horse or whatever man, it's just a, it's a feeling of pride that you get, you know, and, and, uh, so it's, it's to me, I, I enjoy taking other people hunting more than anything, just, just because I get to work my dogs and, um, you know, somebody wants to harvest a cat and they never have or whatever. It's fun getting to, getting to let them have that experience because I don't really care about it myself. It's just, just about the dogs for me, but I'm actually leaving in the morning to go, uh, Go spend spend about a week and, and go cat hunting with uh with Cody Lostro. Oh nice. So yeah, yeah, he's he's been wanting to get into the dog deal for quite a while and I had a couple couple dogs. I'm 
when you're raising dogs and all your puppies start working, it doesn't take long to, to get overloaded on dogs. So, yeah. uh, so I had too many dogs and had a couple of dogs I was going to get rid of. And he called them. So I'm going to take him a handful of dogs tomorrow and get him started in the cat hunting game. Very cool. Where Now, where are you guys going at? I'm going to meet him in New Mexico. He's okay. in Colorado. So that's, we're just going to meet there and hunt for a few days and let him get to know these dogs and kind of get him dialed in. And, and I'm headed back south and he'll head north and we'll see how it goes. Yeah. You know, I, I, um, Oh, I uh, harvested a bear back in, man, it must have been 92 up uh, in California over uh, mm-hmm. by, by the Placerville area. You know, they had a, they'd had a, uh, you know, moratorium on hunting for a long time. And then they had bears up there that were just everywhere, like, you know, like mice. And um, right. when you talk about, uh, you know, the um, dogs working and stuff, I got a good buddy that, uh, that has dogs. And a lot of people think, you know, they, they don't, don't know anything about hounds or, or hunting with hounds. They think, oh, it's, it's easy. And these dogs just run these animals down. Man, it, it's work, number one. And the, yeah. and the dogs are just like absolutely, uh, I mean, just like you say, watching those dogs work is, is just like art. It's just crazy. But, um, yeah, there were so many bears up there when, when, when we were up there because uh, they finally released a bunch of tags. It, it was it – was, it was just overrun. I mean, they were in people's yards and eating people's garbage and yeah. everything else. So, um, then I yeah. got, an, I got another buddy that has a, uh, place there in, in Patterson, California there and, uh, mm-hmm. runs a bunch of dogs. He's got it's broadside boars hunting adventures. It's a high fence deal, but, but he has dogs and right. he, you know, runs some stuff and it's a uh, very cool. Yeah. Deal. Yeah. I guarantee your dog, your dog guys put more time into, into a hunting season than any other hunters there is out there. And, you know, a lot of people, what do you mean? You don't just turn the dogs loose on the track. And, you know, you got to be good at it. You got to keep them in shape all, all year long. But, uh, heck, I'm, you know, you also got to get up and feed them. You got to clean the channels. You got to get them out and exercise them. It's, a, it's, it's literally hours every day that you're, that you're getting those dogs ready for, for, uh, hunting season. And so, uh, I've actually started keeping a, a log book of my time and, and fuel and what it takes to keep these dogs in tip top shape to where you're big, to where you're able to go catch game when you need to. And it's, a uh, it's, it's, a uh, it'll blow your mind. It's, it's, um, it's not cheap and it takes a, a lot more time than, than, uh, I'd like to admit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's, that's great. Hey, so, so do you, do you do any cap roping now at all? Or do you, you team rope a little bit or? No, I haven't roped in, I couldn't tell you how long. I just, uh, my stepson, he, he ropes and, um, I enjoy it still, you know, but heck he's, he's trying to go rodeo for a living and, and, uh, wants, you know, try to make the finals and these calves aren't easy to find anymore. And so I feel like if I'm down there roping, I'm just in his way, wasting his time and, wasting his calves and he's trying to do it serious. So I just kind of stay out of the way and let him have at it. Yeah. Now, how about, um, you know, your, uh, you know, exercise or training routine, what do you, what do you do to, you know, to stay in shape for, for fighting bulls? Balls and dogs. That's it. That's, that's, that's it. it. Huh? <laughs> yeah. Yep. That's it. Yeah. So it, uh, 
Oh, it doesn't do a whole lot of good down here, but usually every uh, every year in the off season, I go, I head head up, you know, go somewhere, go to the mountains, and uh, me hiking with a backpack in those high elevation uh, is uh, it's about as good a workout as as a guy can get. You know, you're you're constantly up and downhill, so you're getting your legs and you're you're getting cardio at the same time, even though you're just walking. And when I do that and and uh, get back in the arena after an off season. I, I feel like I had, I don't miss a beat. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. You there, you can't beat climbing hills with weight on your back at high altitude for training. That's for sure. No, no, you just can't do it. Yeah. So, and I'm really not one that I'm not opposed to it. I think it's great. I'm just not a gym guy, and uh, I'd rather go. I'd rather go big holes or build a fence or do something and go to the gym so yeah uh it works it's good for my mind and it's good for my body just be out there in the mountains with them dogs absolutely absolutely well getting back to the to the to arena and, and fighting bulls you know i've, I've you know I, I know you i think the last injury i saw you have was i think your leg wasn't it your leg i, I can't remember now just yeah i got stepped on there and uh two falls yeah what uh, what 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 is the worst injury you've had fighting bulls so far? Man, probably shattered my shattered my shoulder. Uh, it was it was kind of bad timing too. Um, I'd worked the NFR already and and um, just uh, just got the nod to, to come to some PBR events and and uh, was actually had an extreme bull riding. And uh the little bull they told me he was pretty bad and, and uh I thought oh, I'll show this I'll show him and and uh looking back uh I would do it exactly the same as I did it. And, but he was a little half he was half Mexican fighting bull and uh he was a pretty smart little bull. He'd make you think he was coming with you and then leave you at the last second and hook the the riders and they had told me that so I was I thought oh, I'll just hang with him and everything would be fine. And anyhow, he got the tip of his horn up underneath the front of my vest. I was I had my hands on his head and I was running backwards and he got up underneath my vest and then he just kinda had me held to his head and threw me up in the air and come down landed on my uh shoulder and shattered my left shoulder and and uh hit the bone, uh like the muscle pulled the bone off in like five different chunks and it was Oh, it's pretty good wreck. It was pretty gruesome to see uh, see on TV. But um, anyways, that was that was I had to have surgery on that, and, and it was it was kind of painful. Uh, but uh, that was that was the worst one I've had because I've been really lucky, and and uh, that's the only surgery I've had to have so far. So yeah, and you know, talking about the the the. Uh bull breeds like the, the mexican fighting bulls i mean uh mm -hmm. you know obviously those those bulls have a, a different type of temperament and different size bull and stuff uh they you know i remember one time i'm trying to remember that bullfighter's name up we were up at folsom at the folsom rodeo and i mean it's just crazy the hook and he took and it was one of those bulls this was back probably in the early 90s but um right so uh, do you have a breeding program for those bulls now and stuff or or yeah, yeah, we've uh, 
we've got about 70 head of cows and then um we went and bought the two best bulls that that uh we could find and uh and started our own own breeding program we got our first set of calves on the ground this year so pretty excited about that but yeah they're they're uh they're a different different creature man i don't know if, if uh go look back on my instagram and facebook and stuff from a while back i put a video up there of a little calf and we were actually um i don't remember we were working some bulls or working some cows we were doing something and and the couple of the hands seen seen that cow have that calf and so we got done working with bulls and we went over there to ear tag that calf got the cow out of the pen so she didn't run us over and and uh man that little calf he was six hours old and he's already he's already just trying to hook everybody in the pen <laughs> so they're there but what i've my, the little research i've done on them and i'm not real good at that either but i've I found evidence of them of them breeding them back in in like 1726 is when they started. Well, I shouldn't say it's when they started. That's when I found evidence of them breeding them. I'm sure it went way back even before that. But no, so they've been breeding them for a long time to be mean. So, <laughs> man, that's crazy, crazy. Now, how, how about yeah. the, the the you know the big bulls that uh, you know that uh, these guys are riding and stuff. Um, you know, I mean, those, those bulls are just like incredible athletes and they've all got their own personalities. Um, what, uh, do you, do you like develop any, uh, you know, type of relationship with any of these bulls? Do you think some of these bulls get to know you or, uh, no, I think they just have a, you know, they just, they all kind of have their personality and you're going to have to adapt to it, but right. yeah, some of them, they don't even want to, you know, they don't want nothing to do with you. They'll go around you or they'll go around the, the guy or, uh, you know, Bushwhacker and Ashford were both that way. Uh, you know, Pearl Harbor was, was pretty much away. Bruiser's that way. You know, some of these, some of these bulls, they don't, you know, they wouldn't hook you if they, if they had to. And, uh, other ones are the opposite, but I think the, you know, when I started and, and the guys before me, uh it was still still a lot of guys were getting bulls from sale barns and ranchers and stuff like that the, the breeding program wasn't nearly what it is today and those bulls were you know just mean bulls that that happened to buck and so it was uh it was a lot more a lot more sweat a lot more uh you were getting nailed a lot more uh you know you were always having to turn bulls back and it was a lot more work. Um, I think though, these bulls, they're, they're so athletic and so fast and so strong that, that I think the, the wrecks are every bit as bad or worse. And I think we have to be, the speed of the game has picked up with these, with these, with the breeding program and the feeding program. And, and so, um, you know, even Cody Webster, uh, know everybody knows who he is and, and when he first uh first started coming on the tour uh you know he even said he said man this takes some adapting it's just everything happens so much faster and mm. he said you, you know you can't even see that on tv but when you get here in person it, it just happens so much faster that your reaction time's got to be quicker and, and i think i think a lot of that a lot of that's true but you know they're and then too what they're 
what they're feeding these bulls, man. It's crazy. The money they're spending doing it. Like talk to some of these stock contractors and that are that are in these ABBI competitions and stuff like that. And of course, any kind of uh steroids or or hormones or whatever is all illegal. Uh mm-hmm. they blood test those bulls for that. But you know, they're getting they're getting all this I don't even know what it is because they won't tell you, but they're getting organic this and this and blah, blah, blah. They're feeding them like, like, like super athletes. And, right. you know, this will, this will get more oxygen in their blood and this will do that. And this, and it's just amazing what they're doing. Them. Uh, I guess probably the closest thing to, to the way they're feeding them would be, would be your barrel racers, you know? Yeah. Right. All these different herbs and different mm-hmm. this and that to to help those athletes perform better, and I I think it shows because those bulls will show up and they just look like they look like soldiers, you know. I mean, they're just cut. Yeah, yeah. It's it's amazing. Ab- absolutely, is amazing. Um, h- how long have you been fighting bulls now, anyway? I mean, professional. Uh, well, uh. Yes, twenty-one years professionally. Man, so yeah, quite a quite a while. So yeah, you 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 but, you starting to feel it yet? Or are you still you still feeling like you're in your prime? Hell, I felt it for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I think you know. I think your body starts to feel it. You get sore uh, and stay sore longer, but. But uh, I've always felt like when I was on my when I was on my top of my game, it I can I can and not not just me, but it, when you're on top of your game, you can you can walk and do your job. Right. You know, it's your timing impeccable and everything just clicks. And when uh, when things are off is when you got to do the do the running and stuff like that. But I feel still feel good, you know. And that's some day I the day I. Feel like uh, feel like I'm my body's not able to do it or uh, whatever. I'm I'll pull the plug. I'm not going to stick around. Try to hang in there longer. I've had a great career and couldn't ask for anything more. And if I, you know, the one thing you got to remember when you when when we can't do our job, we're putting somebody else's life in in jeopardy and their health. And so uh, time to time to get out and go on and do something else. And that's Part of the reason I want to have, you know, this this fighting bull deal going and stuff is eventually when when that day comes, I don't want to I don't want to go home and go. Well, what am I going to do now? <laughs> right, right. You know, I want to fall into something else and keep on rolling. Absolutely, so. absolutely. Um, in, in terms of the of the uh, bull riders, uh, is, is there are there some guys riding styles that you know it it makes it. Uh, your job easier. I mean, I know any type of a hang up can happen and things can happen, but are, are there guys that when they're getting on, you're thinking like, Oh man, you know, we, we gotta, I gotta, we gotta do things different with, you know, so-and-so as, as opposed to somebody else or, uh, how, how's that look? Yeah. There's, there's some guys that, you know, like, like Renato Nunez, he's retired now, obviously, but, but Renato was always so hard for me to, to, uh, to read because, for me, I always watch those guys' core, and um, if you can watch their core, 
you can figure out when you know pretty you got a pretty good idea when they're going to get bucked off and where they're going to hit and um renato his riding style like every jump i thought he was bucked off and i'd be trying to take off and then i'd have to stop and then you'd try to take off and have to stop and it was finally i got to where i just wait until he hit the ground and then go because <laughs> <laughs> he would have me so screwed up but there's been a couple guys like that but he was probably the hardest for me and, and then you know there's some other guys that that uh that couldn't get up near as quick or something like that mainly those Every everybody's pretty good. That mainly comes whenever you know, whenever somebody's got an injury or something, a leg injury or right, whatever they can't get up as quick, or if they had a concussion anytime recently, then you know you kind of watch for that if they're gonna if they're gonna be slow getting out of there. But uh, cool thing about it at our level is is those guys have already they've already been through all the the training. You know they they've they'd made the mistakes already and they right. know how to take care of themselves too. So they're going to, they, they do a lot to help us out. So right, makes it a little easier there too. Now in, in terms of protective gear, I mean, I know you mentioned earlier about, you know, having, getting a, a horn under your vest, you know, fighting that one bull. What all do you guys wear now? Uh, you know, when you're fighting bulls? Uh, I just, I just wear a vest and hip pad. Uh, I, wear, I used to wear knee braces, and I just went back to wearing some knee pads and and elbow pads. And that's that's about it. But most, you know, like I know Jesse and Frank, uh, they both wear uh, they both wear knee braces and stuff. It's it's smart to to wear knee braces. I just I got to where I just didn't like wearing them anymore and felt like I could move better without them. So yeah, took them off yeah. and put them back on. So. <laughs> Very cool. So, hey, um, what uh, do you, I mean, in terms of like, uh, I know you got lots of sponsors, but do you have like a, your a favorite brand of boots you wear or are you sponsored by any boot company? You know, uh, I'm a tennis shoe guy. Really? <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't, uh, I don't even know if I own a pair of boots, to be honest with you. Oh, that's um, hilarious. I'm sure I do somewhere. Right. But uh I uh man my my knees aren't real great and right. uh wearing boots like everywhere we go you're on concrete blacktop all day you right. know there's we're not on the dirt like you would be at a at a rodeo on a fairground or or anywhere else man I my knees and stuff went hurting me and, and uh I started wearing tennis shoes and everything feels a heck of a lot better so I haven't uh I haven't put on a pair of boots in a long time. What What's your favorite tennis shoe? So, Solomon, Solomon. And if I when I did wear boots, uh, and if I was gonna go uh, go put on a pair of boots right now, I always like the uh, I always like the Ariat's best. They kind of had a little better arch support for me, mm-hmm. and uh, they fit a little bit more like a shoe. But yeah, I'm a Solomon guy, man. That's Sol- that's not- what I wear in the arena. That's what I wear all the time. I don't know why I'm not familiar with that brand. Solomon, it's Solomon athletic shoes or tennis shoes. Yeah. They're um, like the ones that I wear. uh, They're, uh, they're called a speed cross four and they're kind of like a cross training shoe. Mm -hmm. And uh, 
same shoe Jesse wears. I used to wear I used to wear cleats, real real aggressive cleats, and and uh, that was another thing. When I went to wearing these shoes, they don't have quite the grip that the that cleats do, mm-hmm. and it it was a uh, a lot easier on my joints. So, um, you know, you're you're out there on uneven ground, then you got those cleats digging in, and man, your your ankles and your knees and your hips and stuff just they get sore, especially if the ground was bad with these. These Solomons, they're uh, they got a little, they're a little more forgiving. They're rubber sole, and uh, they got. I've never slipped once with them yet, but they got just enough give to them that that it's a little easier on your joints. They're uh, pretty being comfortable too. Very cool. How, how about how about uh, cowboy hats? I, I know that uh, uh, in the past, I think. Well, I, I think uh, Frank he he wears the, the what is it Alamoso hats out of Oakdale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How about how yeah, about? I was a resist all guy, man. Resist all. Nice. Yeah. I, I I noticed that you've been wearing uh you know like your your bullfighting uh, caps and stuff, which is which is very cool. Um, sometimes when you don't wear your wear your cowboy hat. Uh, those, yeah, those those are you. You have those available for sale on uh, on. Um, do you have a website? Yeah, or? they're at lanefrost dot com. Okay. They yeah they handle them all for me and so that was uh that was actually a it was actually happened by accident. I was at Chicago and I had a flight to catch. I had to get out of there real quick and um the announcers and Flint and stuff all have they call them robe cases and they hang, hang all their shirts in there and coats and all that and their hats and everything so uh jesse and i leave our leave our hats in their in a robe case in a we had a double hat box and so anyways i uh i was in a hurry and and uh threw my hat box on top of flint's robe case because i figured he would he would put it in there well he he just overlooked it and somewhere uh i don't know somebody in chicago's got two nice cowboy hats now oh you're kidding so, uh so the next week i went to go grab my hat and uh it wasn't there so i was like oh hell so i put, my, put a ball cap on and, and then uh oh some fans started complaining and uh i'm the kind of guy that that just that kind of makes me giggle so People think they're going to tell me what to do, and I'm going to do it. They're crazy, <laughs> but uh, but it also kind of dawned on me: hey, people are people are they're paying attention. They're noticing this can this can be uh, this could be a good deal for for me and my sponsors. So I just stuck with a hat, and there's still some people that are pretty pissed off about it, but they'll get over it. Well, you know what they say: if you're not if you're not pissing somebody off, you're not doing it right. So. That's right. I believe it. Yeah, that's that's yeah. very cool. Hey, you got a, a, a favorite a favorite cowboy movie or favorite movie? Oh, my favorite cowboy movie probably. Uh, I'd say probably Young Guns too. Oh yeah, it's a great movie. I've always 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 liked that movie. Um, and uh, then you know, favorite movie. Uh, I don't know. It would be probably be Lone Survivor or uh, 
I like the Twelve Strong movie pretty good, but uh, but I, there's a documentary out there, and, and uh, uh, I watched it too, and it kind of screwed the movie up for me a little bit. But right, but uh, yeah, probably Lone Survivor or something like that. I, I like those military, military American Sniper, those those kind of movies. Yeah. So absolutely. How, how about music? What uh, what music's do you like? If I'm going to listen to music, uh, I, I don't listen to very much music and I don't watch much TV. But um, if I do listen to music, believe it or not, I, I like to listen to Blue, Bluegrass Junction, man. That's my favorite channel. No kidding. So, either that or Fox News. <laughs> nice. Very cool. Well, it, it, do you ever listen to podcasts at all? or you, you... I don't. I don't. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty, uh, yeah. Yeah. To, to give you an idea of me listening to stuff, we Jesse Byrne and I drove around a couple of years ago in Arlington for a couple of days, and finally he asked me. He said, uh, "Shorty, is your radio broke?" <laughs> <laughs> I said, "Oh no, you can turn it on if you want to." Uh, so I usually that's my that's kind of my thinking time whenever I'm driving around. It gives me a, gives me time to just kind of hash everything out. So yeah. Yeah. Are you, are you, are you pretty analytical shorty? Not really. No, 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 not really. More late, more, more laid back. Yeah. Yeah. For yeah. sure. Yeah. For sure. Well, well, I'll tell you, man, it's, 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 it's been great, you know, talking to you and, and, you know, giving us, a, you know, more insight into, into you and, your career and everything you got going on. I'm, I'm really looking forward to, you know, just seeing uh, your bullfighting uh, deal as it, uh, you know, just continues to grow and stuff. Super excited about that. And uh, as always, just super, super excited to, you know, watch you on, on the PBR, man. It's, it's, it's great. I, I think you add a, a lot, you know, to that, to the, to that show and uh, to the event. And it's just uh very cool deal, man. And I, I know people are, people are, people are going to enjoy being able to, you know, uh, you know, hear this podcast and, and learn a little more about you as well. Well, I, I appreciate it. Yeah. And man, we got been lucky all my life to get to work with a heck of a team for some reason. I don't know why good Lord always blessed me with letting me work with the best in the business. So it's been a, been a fun ride, but, uh, for all the, all the listeners want to check out the fighting bull deal on any of the social media stuff. It's all on Shorty Gorm AFB is uh, what it's all under. So go check it out and keep up. There's been a lot of stuff happening here lately. So absolutely. And then just, they can get uh, go ahead. Yeah, we just got done with the Doctor Extreme Rodeo and, and uh, bullfight, and they uh, they paid. Uh, there forty thousand dollars in the pot, but thirty thousand to the winner, and so it's the richest bullfighting in uh, in America right now. So it was pretty pretty fun to to have our name on that and get to be a part of it again, and and uh, pretty pretty fun event. Thirty guys went out there and uh, gave it their all, and one walked away the champion. But it was fun watching. There's there's a lot of talent out there, so. That's cool. That's so awesome. Well, hey, Shorty, again, uh, and people can get your hats and stuff over at the lanefrost.com, correct? You betcha. Yeah. 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 Yep. Okay. 
Well, very cool. Well, hey, I, I, again, I, I appreciate it, man, and uh, look forward to you know watching you, seeing you, and and uh, uh, look forward to maybe meeting you in person here one of these days. Shoot, yeah, and let's do this again. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, man. So, well, thanks for taking the time. Sure. I appreciate it, Shorty. Man, thank you, and thanks to all your fans for for listening, and and uh, thanks everyone for their support, us fans, and. Uh, and the participants, we all know we couldn't do this. So, uh, thank everybody. Absolutely. You bet. Take care. Every Friday afternoon, I hitch up the trailer. Saddle up old rock and ice down a cooler. I drive that old back road until it ends. And the rope and pin We got them rusted out pickups And fancy rigs Twenty thousand dollar horses Then there's my own stick Although we're all the same The minute we ride in To the rope and pin can tell someday I just might be we'll turn a few steers and we'll tell a few lies kick back in the saddle and philosophize most of life's problems yeah we're gonna solve them down at the roping Yeah, we don't do it for the money You were always broke Just ask Clint what he paid a rope Now he's lost a dozen wives Half the fingers on his hands To the rope and pin And it takes a little skill And a little luck If you can talk smack You can back it up Oh, but we're all friends no matter who wins, down at the rope and Down at the Roman